This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Now let's join the hosts of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion, here's Shane Wilbur. Happy 2020 NTL sports fans and welcome back to the first episode of the NTL Now podcast for the new year. Shane Wilbur, glad to be back and ready to go again. Uh, Joe Carrion, he'll be back next week as we have uh, had some discussions and uh, we are definitely clearing the schedule to get the band back together next week, but uh, that's okay because, uh, you know, as we said, winter sports, definitely uh, a time where you just got to kind of make time to get episodes done when you can, and that's okay. But, uh, yes, Joe will be back next week, but here I am, ready to go. It's a jam-packed episode this week, and I'm telling you, we are loaded with stuff that's got to be discussed. Now, uh, as far as guests go this week, hey, we're going to talk with Northeast Bradford boys basketball coach Paul Berger. That's right. We got him coming up a little bit later in the podcast. Also this week, a huge, huge interview this week with Sun Gazette sports writer Mitch Rupert as we talk a lot of wrestling. I'm not even kidding you. We talk so much wrestling this week. I can't even uh, tell you uh, just how long it is. I haven't even gone back and actually looked at how long the interview is. But regardless, uh, it's full of a lot of stuff. Uh, with Paul, you know, I talk about, uh, you know, the Northeast boys basketball season and, uh, you know, his thoughts on his team and such. With Mitch and wrestling, I mean, we dive into so much uh, in that interview. Uh, we talk uh, Tawanda Black Knights wrestling. We're going to preview the upcoming uh, duel this coming Saturday night with Canton and Montoursville. Uh, I know a lot of you out there might be saying, saying, huh, why are you going to preview that duel so much? Well, let me tell you, this one's uh, got a little sizzle to it here in the month of January. Uh, one, because I think Montoursville's, uh, you know, one of the better teams in District 4 uh, as far as team wrestling goes. But two, because, you know, this is a great test uh, for the Warriors, you know, outside of the NTL. And, you know, after watching uh, Canton have their uh, big success uh, over Wyalusing this past Saturday, I think it's safe to say, you know, that they are uh, definitely a team that is in the driver's seat uh, as far as the NTL goes, but also uh, as far as a potential district dual run could go as well. So, But I know a lot of that is foreshadowing, but still I think this uh, matchup with Montoursville coming up on Saturday could definitely be a big uh, stout about that as well. And, of course, uh, coming up we'll talk with Mitch as well about uh, head coach Bill Sexton too because, uh, you know, that uh, becomes uh, a big topic these days after Coach Sexton uh, set the record and uh, broke the record uh, for being District 4's all-time winningest coach. Now I know uh, Brian Fees from the Tawanda Daily Review, he had a really nice write-up on Coach Sexton uh, about a week ago and uh, now you know it's uh, time for uh, you know Mitch and I to kind of dive in and give our thoughts as well but uh, regardless going to be a jam-packed episode so yes hang around and uh, we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. All right, as we always do, though, uh, time to dive into uh, some standings and such first because, well, you know, we got to kind of recap and such. You know, it's been a little bit of time since uh, the podcast has been going. So uh, let's get into some girls' basketball action here in the uh, middle part of January, or I guess I should say the early part of January. So let's get you caught up on some of the league standings and where we sit uh, as of, uh, you know, about the first full week of January. Right now, the uh, Athens Lady Wildcats, of course, sitting in the driver's seat uh, in the large school division. They right now sit 6-1 and one overall. They are 4-0 and oh in the large school. Uh, you got Wellsboro right behind them, 3-1 and one in the large school standings. They are 3-3 three and three overall. Tawanda, 4-3 and three overall. Uh, they are 2-1 and one in the large school standings. And uh, looking at Wyalusing, Troy, and Williamson uh, in the bottom half of the large school division. But hey, you know, still plenty of time to go here as the season goes on. And of course, uh, you know, we'll see if there's any shakeup coming up in 
the league standings uh, over the next couple of weeks. Now, of course, uh, down to the small school, really competitive down here in the small school this year. Uh, you've got Northeast Bradford right now leading the way. They're seven and three overall. Uh, Northeast Bradford comes in three and one in the large school uh, or in the league, I should say, not large, but uh, three and one. Uh, they are in the league standings right now for small school. Now, of course, uh, for the Canton Lady Warriors, uh, they're fresh off of uh, a Christmas tournament victory uh, that they hosted. Uh, they've got uh, a five and three overall record right now. They're two and one in the small school. Kalineski's five hundred as well. They sit four and four with uh, a two and one league record going on as well. And then of course you've got uh, Sare, North Penn Mansfield, and North Penn Liberty uh, in the uh, league standings uh, towards the bottom. Now of course North Penn Mansfield right now they sit five and four overall. And uh, even though they're one and three in the league, hey, you got five wins already here in the early going of the season. That's definitely not a bad thing. So, I mean, you can definitely tell that uh, things are going right uh, for the North Penn uh, Mansfield uh, Lady Tigers over there. All right, let's look at uh, some of the upcoming schedule, though, uh, on girls basketball action, shall we, as we are here in the uh, early going of January. And uh, kind of a big week uh, on the slate uh, coming up a little bit later on this week. Uh, you've got some big matchups, some rivalry matchups, actually, uh, coming up later on this week. You've got uh, Sarah hosting Athens. Uh, North Penn Mansfield. They're going to be hosting Williamson. Uh, big matchup uh, with uh, Northeast Bradford and Wyalusing as well coming up later this week. Uh, Canton. They're going to be hosting Tawanda coming up later this week. I mean, that's an interesting one uh, right there and a large small school crossover. So as you can tell, yes, some definite big matchups uh, still to come here in girls basketball action uh, this week and, of course, into the weekend as well. Alright, let's change gears. Let's head over to boys basketball, shall we? And and we will start in the large school division standings. Uh, you know, kind of a surprise out of left field, maybe to most, but uh, definitely uh, not to the Wyalusing faithful as the Wyalusing Rams right now. They are just uh, playing as great a ball as you could ask to start the season. Coach Kais and uh, that Rams squad, they are doing everything that, uh, you know, you could ask of a team. And, uh, you know, I saw them uh, back in December when they came to Canton and uh, defeated the Warriors uh, here in Warrior Country. Country. And uh, for why losing, you know, to uh, both do it at home and on the road. I mean, it's a great start. Nine and one so far to start the year. Their only loss is to District Four opponent Hughesville. So I mean, they're defeating everybody that's in their path right now. They're five and zero oh in the large school standings. Uh, you've got uh, what Athens right behind them at five and two on the season. Three and one in the league. Also, the North Penn Mansfield Tigers. They're third at five and four and three and one in the league. Troy right now sits at five hundred. Therefore. Four and four, three and one in the league, and of course Wellsboro six and five overall. They're three and two in the league, and then you've got uh, Tawanda. Uh, they're two and seven and one and three in the league. So right now that large school, uh, very much uh, a very competitive uh, highlight right now. And uh, Wyalusing sitting uh, with about a two-game lead over everybody. So they are definitely in the driver's seat right now. So if you've got the Rams on your upcoming schedule, you better beware and get ready to play four quarters because uh, that team definitely uh, right now in the driver's seat in the large school. Now let's go to the small school division where North Penn Liberty, you know, I said uh, in an earlier podcast uh, when it was coming time to preview some winter sports uh, back in December, you know, uh, talking with some coaches, they really felt like North Penn Liberty might uh, be the class of the small school, and right now, they are doing nothing to turn away uh, that vote of confidence, as right now, they sit 8-1 and one overall in the small school standings. They are 3-1 and one in the league. Canton right behind them at 5-4 and four overall. They are 1-3 in the league. Sayre sitting at 4-4 four and four at 500, but 1-3 uh, and three in the league. And, of course, uh, the Northeast Bradford Panthers right now, they sit at 500 as well. They're 5-5 five and five on the season and 1-3 uh, and three in the league. Kalineski Valley still not out of it, though. I mean, they're 4-5, and five, but uh, only a game under 500. They sit 1-3 and three in the league. And then, of course, uh, Williamson uh, at 2-7 and seven overall and 0-4 oh uh, in league standings right now. But uh, for the most part, I mean, other than North Penn Liberty being 3-1, and one, everybody else, it's uh, kind of wide open to see who indeed will, uh, you know, make a charge uh, in this uh, small school division. But, uh, you know, you've got uh, the Canton Warriors sitting right there at second. You know, a team that sits 5-4. and four. Canton, though, a lot of returning talent and a district team, uh, district qualifier, I should say, 
from last year and, uh, you know, still trying to find their footing here uh, in the month of January. But I think if they can get the ship righted, uh, they might just indeed uh, be the second best team uh, in district uh, or not in districts, but uh, in the Northern Tier League uh, small school division. But uh, hey, you know, experience counts for something. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to talk with Northeast Bradford coach Paul Berger coming up here in a little bit. And uh, I'm telling you that uh, Northeast Bradford team, uh, they've got a lot of experience as well. And uh, Coach Berger, he's going to talk about that coming up here in just a little bit as well. But uh, as we look forward uh, to the schedule coming up here for uh, boys basketball action, well, I can tell you uh, on the slate this week, uh, Wednesday night, it will be Canton and Troy boys basketball. I know that's on the horizon. I've got that game coming up on Wiggle 100 Wednesday night. So, uh, yes, if you're going to be in the Commons building, I will see you there coming up on Wednesday night because I've got that one for you. Other action uh, coming up here on uh, Wednesday night for boys basketball. Basketball. Uh, the North Penn Mansfield Tigers, they're going to host Williamson. Why losing in Northeast Bradford? You know, we're going to talk with uh, Coach uh, Bergert about that matchup coming up. Northeast actually with two big ones this week. They've got Why losing and Athens in boys basketball this week. Uh, speaking of Athens, uh, they've got uh, Kalineski Valley coming up on uh, Wednesday. Wellsboro playing Sare. Tawanda taking on North Penn Liberty and other boys basketball action. Now looking towards uh, the end of the week, as I said, Northeast Bradford will have Athens. North Penn Liberty, North Penn Mansfield on the slate uh, later this week. That could be an interesting one as well. Uh, Canton's got Tawanda still to come. Uh, Sarah and Troy in a battle of 500 teams as well. And, of course, uh, Wyloosing uh, trying to keep uh, their lead in the league uh, going uh, against Williamson uh, later this week as well. So, I mean, I'm telling you, this boys' basketball season, uh, a very wide-open trend. I mean, I know North Penn Liberty and Wyloosing are both uh, pacing the league standings, but we are far from over uh, as you'll hear coach Berger say a little bit later on it's a very wide open league so definitely uh, looking forward to seeing uh, what transpires uh, later on but uh, yes as I said uh, definitely some boys basketball to cover this week I've got uh, Troy and Canton coming up Wednesday night that'll be from the Commons building in Troy so make sure uh, you know you tune in for that coming up uh, later on this week. All right, and that's your recap of boys and girls basketball action as far as standings and upcoming matchups go here in the Northern Tier League. Now, of course, coming up in just a little while, we're going to talk a lot of wrestling with Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette, but uh, still a little more basketball to go here in the Northern Tier League Now podcast this week. And uh, coming up here in just a moment, going to sit down with head coach Paul Bergert from the Northeast Bradford Panthers, and we'll do that after this quick message from Circle W Sports. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. You can follow the NTL Now podcast on social media. Follow NTL Now on Facebook by searching NTL Now Podcast and on Twitter by following at NTL Now. Coach Berger making your first appearance here on the uh, NTL Now podcast, but uh, always a colorful personality and uh, couldn't wait to get you on uh, for an opportunity to uh, sit down and talk with you. Thanks for having me. All right, so Paul, I know this is uh, you know kind of an interesting season for you. I mean, this uh, Northeast Bradford boys basketball team. I mean, coming off of back-to-back state playoff appearances, uh, you know, you've lost some key senior leadership uh, from last year's team, but still a pretty solid roster this year for the Panthers, right? Yes, uh, you know, we've uh, we're learning, you know, replacing that senior leadership. It's been uh, a little bit up and down, but uh, so far so good, I guess. So, you know, you look at the standings, though, so far, and, I mean, it's, it's got to be as good probably as you could have hoped for. You know, I mean, you sit 500 uh, through the uh, beginning about month and a half of the season. Obviously, you've still got, uh, you know, the latter part of January into February to go. I mean, what is it you're hoping to see uh, from this team as this season progresses? Well, Jan- January is the meat and potatoes. I mean, that's that's January is where you make or break yourself because now, now we're into all – league games uh, we've got to uh 
score the basketball. I mean, that's been our struggle right now is, is scoring consistently. And if we can get our offense into gear here, I think we could we could make a pretty good run here in January. Now, of course, I looked at, uh, you know, the upcoming schedule and, you know, every coach knows that, uh, you know, you're going to have your uh, your your big challenging games, of course, as the uh, season goes on. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, just the way this season has shaped out, you know, you've got uh, some big ones coming up this week. I know uh, why Lucing's on your plate this week, Athens towards the end of the week. I mean, you've got to have uh, a lot of focus to your team that, uh, you know, we've really got to take care of the basketball this week. Yeah, we've been working hard on that at practice. I mean, uh, why Lucing, Coach Guys, does such a tremendous job there and tomorrow night that's just it's gonna be a battle it always is i'm why losing's kind of our rival i mean i know that northeast doesn't have the you know tawana why losing can't and troy whatever all you for us it's kind of why losing is is closest thing we have to a rival and it's usually big crowds and it's usually a fierce contest you know this league is very wide open this year and really uh, I mean it's just a matter of you know will uh, you know said team come to play on any given night I mean I still think anybody can be anybody agreed 100% I mean this is my fifth year and I feel like this by far is the most wide open year NTL boys basketball has been I I you know I think you you see that in the scores and and just there isn't any one or two teams that are just a head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, we're it's 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 going to be a slugfest in January, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you look at this, uh, you know, season that's still to come. You know, I mean, obviously, you're right in the thick of things uh, for the district playoffs and everything else. I mean, uh, what do you, uh, you know, other than scoring and such? I mean, what are some things you know that you're talking to your team about that you know has to happen uh, for you to for you guys to have a really good stretch run here in the month of January? Well, as you just said, and I alluded to earlier, like we, you know, I tell my team all the time, the devil's in the details. You know, we're, we just haven't been taking care of details uh, on the court. Um, you know, p- proper spacing, running off of screens correctly, setting up screens. You know, we've been really just shooting ourselves in the foot with just lack of execution. And I don't want to have an answer for why, because we played a lot of ball. We play a lot of ball in the summer. Um, for whatever reason, it just uh, you know it comes back to me as the head coach. It's on me that we haven't been executing at a hundred percent, and I, that's really, truly it. I you know we've been defending as well as anybody. Uh, we we, for the most part, have been rebounding as well as anybody. We just haven't been executing, man. We just haven't been and taking care of details, and it's just been sloppy. Uh, you know, especially on the offensive end. You know, we we we. We've got a t- attention to detail and, and executing those finer points, and I, I you know, I you can see a whole different Panthers team here in this month. Now, of course, you know we, we alluded to it earlier as well. You know, there there was some you know key seniors that you did lose off of last year's squad as well. But you know, no coach ever dwells on that. But looking at your roster this year, I mean, is this a, a young squad coming, or is this really a, a good mix of uh, you know returning upperclassmen and a mix of uh, you know younger kids this year? It's a it's a good mix. I mean, I you know the, the, my seniors that I have now, I threw them to the wolves two years ago as sophomores and started three of them that year and you know now they're grown up and but they've been through the battles like you said you know they've they've been to two straight district finals they've been in the state playoffs so they've got a lot of miles on them and you know our 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 junior class has you know mixes in there and they've been gaining a little experience here and there like last season and so forth but uh it's a nice mix really now, of course, uh, you know, like I said, you know, you've got your, your big games coming up this week. But as you said, January itself is, uh, you know, the meat and potatoes uh, of the grind. So, I mean, what are the what are the goals right now, you know, that you're, uh, you know, setting for your team here towards the end of the season? I mean, is it, uh, you know, a, a potential chance at, uh, you know, maybe getting back into the small school race? Is it just, hey, you know, let's take care of business and let's just get our ticket punched to districts and uh, see where the chips fall? I don't want to be boring here or cliche, but I, I I learned this from Brad Stevens years ago in a in a coaching clinic. I, I really truly tell my kids we have one game on the schedule right now. That's why Lucy, and we're trying to do everything we could do to win that game. 
and when that's over, it's going to be the next game. And we truly have always tried to take it one game at a time. That way we don't get too high. We don't get too low. And I know that's not an exciting answer, but <laughs> we, that's the way we've always tried to approach it here. Hey, sometimes, you know, the, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, the Belichick method, you know, sometimes the less you say, the more you say. So that's definitely not a bad thing as well. But, uh, you know, you've got, uh, you know, the floor here uh, for yourself. And of course, uh, you know, this uh, Panthers team, you were talking about uh, some of those senior leaders earlier. Uh, Obviously, I think, uh, you know, Andy Crownover, uh, you know, is definitely one of those players who's been, uh, you know, talked about a lot this year in the papers. Uh, You know, who's some of the other Panthers, you know, that uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on here coming down this uh, stretch of the season well you mentioned Andy unfortunately for him he, he dinged his knee up in the first quarter against Troy uh, that was probably three four weeks ago now and that's 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 slowed his season here and he's just now kind of getting back on his feet which is good uh you know Nick Marino is an, a guy that you know obviously no, not many people talk about um he's really blossomed as a leader for us um brings a little bit of everything to the table, uh, you know, is our tallest player, but oftentimes really plays more like a guard, a creator. Uh, Lucas Crown has had to step into Zach Smith's shoes as our point guard, and there's a big shoes to fill, but Lucas Crown has really done an admirable job, and he just keeps getting better and better as the season goes on. Clayton Connor is a senior who, you know, has a lot of talent, and he's he plays with such passion and enthusiasm, and you just – you know, he, he, he's always someone that's bringing a, lo- a little bit of everything to the table himself. Heart and soul in a lot of ways of our team. And Tony Biziano is another senior of ours who, you know, hasn't maybe gotten as many minutes over the last couple of years, but really now has taken advantage of those. He's probably become our best defensive player. Um, and maybe showing some signs, starting to get some confidence in his offense. Um Dan Williams off the bench for us, a, a junior. He, he's toughest kid, toughest nails, toughest. He brings, he is, he brings our muscle, so to speak. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, those, those are the guys right there. Well, all right. So, uh, Coach, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, get you out of here and, uh, you know, allow you to get uh, off and uh, running with uh, coaching. I know you got a lot of uh, scouting, a lot of game notes and stuff to put together. But, uh, you know, uh, let's be real here. You know, you got a lot of challenges this week. You've got uh, Wyalusing. You've got Athens. Not only uh, from the standpoint of, uh, you know, talent and uh, scheming, but uh, let's be real. Those are two of the more higher personality head coaches that uh, you're going to face in the league this week. I mean, are, are you going to be able able to uh you know hold your own when it comes to uh you know making sure that uh, your voice is heard out there uh, with those guys well I, don't, I haven't kept track of kaiser's technicals this year uh, hopefully he's got that under control uh i kid him uh you know and bobby words you know i don't know though his he, i don't know if there's anybody that's more intense than bobby woodard so uh I'm pretty loud, though. I don't know. I think I'll be heard. I'll be heard. <laughs> oh, man. Coach, you know, uh, thanks so much for uh, taking some time. I know you've got, uh, you know, some practices and such that uh, you got to get taken care of as well. But uh, always a pleasure to uh, have you on the podcast, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to catch up with you down the road, and uh, we'll see the Panthers uh, rolling into the district playoffs again, uh, you know, that everything falls well for you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Always a great guy to sit down and talk to. And, of course, again, a big thanks to head coach Paul Bergert from Northeast Bradford for uh, sitting down and talking some boys basketball here this week. Now let's get into some NTL wrestling, shall we? Because, well, it's, uh, you know, a big wrestling week on the horizon as well. Let's quickly just uh, check out some of the Northern Tier League wrestling standings going on right now. In the league, you've got uh, Canton right now in the driver's seat for the league as they are 4-0 overall. 4-0 in the league. Athens is 6-2 overall. They are 3-0 in the league. Uh, Tawanda right now 10-4 overall. And uh, 2-0 in the league. And uh, Troy Wyalusing Wyalusing right now sitting 7-2. They're 1-1 in the uh, league action. Now, of course, a lot of these schools all going to get into some big uh, dual action here as the month of January goes. Tawanda right now 10-4. But, of course, that, of course, uh, uh, propelled by, uh, you know, some of the dual tournaments they've hosted uh, with the Dandy Duels and the Flynn Pro Pain Duels uh, they just had. 
uh, over this past weekend. So, yes, right now it is, uh, you know, Tawanda with 10 wins already out of the gate. They've already qualified for district duels. Wyalusing, I'm sure, is going to be uh, well on their way as well, uh, even though right now they sit 7-2 and two overall and 1-1 one and one in the league. And uh, I think Canton and uh, Athens, uh, they're going to be uh, pretty well set as well. Now, of course, uh, for Wyalusing, uh, that one league loss uh, came this past Saturday as they were defeated by Canton in Canton uh, for a good Saturday night duel uh, in Warrior Country. Uh, the Warriors coming away with that win, I believe uh, 45-33 was uh, the win for the uh, Warriors uh, this past Saturday uh, over Wyalusing. So yes, uh, Canton uh, over uh, the Rams this past weekend. Now of course uh, some other big matchups uh, still to come here. Uh, Canton's got uh, to, or yes, Athens and Tawanda and Troy yet uh, in league wrestling action. Uh, now some big ones this week. Uh, I've actually got uh, Tawanda and Athens coming up on Thursday night so oh boy looking forward to that one you know and uh, as I'm going to talk with uh, Mitch Rupert coming up here in just a little bit I got to tell you I uh, you know I'm looking forward to seeing Tawanda for the first time I've seen Athens already but uh, you know I, they took care of Troy uh, so quickly in that duel you know I don't uh, I still don't feel like I have a real accurate read on them yet so you know I'm kind of interested to see uh, how this duel is going to shake out uh, coming up Thursday night and then of course Friday uh, I'll have uh, Troy and Tawanda from the Commons building uh, as far as wrestling goes but of course you know as I said earlier you know Canton's got a big duel as well coming up on Saturday kind of a district four matchup as uh, they will be at Montoursville uh, coming up uh, later on this Saturday uh, as well. Now, I know they've got uh, a couple of other duels sandwiched in here as well. Uh, they've got uh, South Williamsport, I believe, coming up uh, this week and also uh, a duel at Northeast Bradford as well. But, uh, you know, and not, uh, you know, like overlooking teams, but, I mean, uh, as far as like uh, a duel that's, uh, you know, really going to kind of, uh, you know, get you up, get you motivated. I know uh, the Montoursville one uh, is one that's uh, pretty much circled right now uh, for, uh, you know, not only District 4 wrestling fans, but also Northern Tier League wrestling fans as well. So, yes, uh, plenty of great wrestling action uh, still to come here uh, on the schedule uh, here in the next coming weeks. And uh, looking forward to uh, not only covering it, but also talking about it more here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. But also, uh, just quickly something, you know, I want to uh, drop in as kind of a uh, small little uh, nugget as, uh, you know, the uh, holiday season uh, was kind of, uh, you know, a nice little slump for me and everything else but you know uh, as the holiday season was kind of going on I was uh, sending some text messages uh, back and forth uh, with Mitch Rupert you know who I'm going to talk to here in a little bit and he actually sent me uh, you know kind of the uh, district Four all decade wrestling team and I thought to myself hmm that's an interesting uh, little uh, you know thing to think about there and I got thinking hmm I wonder if I could piece together uh, a Northern Tier League wrestling team. Now, of course, I did. Uh, I, I thought I did pretty pretty well. Uh, Mitch and I, though, uh, would end up uh, actually collaborating on this, as uh, you know, he helped uh, kind of fill in some gaps to see you know where we were you know on uh, the same page. But uh, just want to quickly uh, give a nod, and uh, I know this might spark some debate and whatnot, and that's fine. But uh, let me just quickly uh, reveal to you uh, the 2010 to 2019 uh, Northern Tier League uh, wrestling team. So there you go uh, for your uh, cutoff, 2010 to 2019. So this right here was the all-decade team that uh, we came up with. Of course, uh, we did uh, the current weights, and we kind of pieced it in uh, as we went along. So here you go, your all-decade team uh, as put together by myself and uh, Mitch Rupert. So at 106 pounds, you've got state champion Sheldon Seymour of Troy. At 113 pounds, you've got David White of Athens, who was a state champion. At 120 pounds, uh, we went with Logan Everett of Williamson. Uh, obviously, he went on to have a nice uh, college wrestling career uh, at Army. Uh, at 126 pounds, we went with Cody Wheeler of Tawanda. Now, of course, some of you out there might be saying, hmm, well, why wouldn't Brian Courtney be there? Well, let me tell you why. Because uh, Brian being, you know, a two-time state champion at both 126 and 132, uh, moving Brian to 132 allowed us to put Cody in at 126. Of course, Cody, uh, a former state runner-up, and, uh, you know, he would go on uh, to wrestle at Lock Haven. But uh, and then, of course, at 132, we've got Brian Courtney of Athens, two-time state champion there. Uh, 138, uh, Colin Edsel. That's right. We put Colin Edsel at 130 
38 pounds, uh, you know, because uh, he was a uh, three-time state qualifier and uh, Colin having his best uh, finish at 138 pounds. Now at 145 pounds, we went with Billy Barnes of Williamson. Now, of course, Billy would end up transferring as a senior to Southern Columbia, but still in his three years uh, at Williamson, uh, I mean, he was a regional qualifier all of those years. He was a stu- or he was a two-time uh, state qualifier. Of course, uh, as a sophomore, his uh, tournament would end uh, a little early as he was uh, knocked out in the semifinals by Mike Rashado of Penn Argyle. And then, of course, uh, his uh, junior year, uh, his which would be his last year at Williamson, uh, he ended up uh, losing in the state finals to uh, eventual champion and uh, Penn State stud uh, Jason Nolf. So uh, Billy Barnes gets the nod at 145. Now we go with a couple of Wyalusing boys at 152 and 160. Uh, Josh Haley of Wyalusing, who was a three-time state qualifier, gets the nod at 152. Creighton Edsel of Wyalusing gets the nod at 160. Creighton, of course, he was a four-time state qualifier, one-time state champ, but uh, a two-time place winner other than that. So he ended up uh, actually overall, I believe, with three state medals uh, during his time uh, in the state tournament. Uh, Then we go to 170 where uh, Nick Stephanie sits. So uh, Nick Stephanie of Troy gets the nod at uh, 170 pounds. At 182 pounds, we actually went with Zach Zimmerman of Troy. Zach uh, becomes the 182-pound guy. Uh, He was a two-time state qualifier and state medalist. So, uh, yeah, we go with uh, Zimmerman at 182. At 195 pounds, we go with two-time state medalist uh, from Canton, Garrett Wasneski. Garrett, of course, uh, would go on to be a national champion in uh, the Division III standings uh, with Lycoming at 220 pounds. Uh, Dylan Otis of Wyalusing, also you know a three-time state qualifier, and uh, Dylan, uh, one of the uh, better wrestlers the uh, Northern Tier League saw here over the. Uh, last uh, 10 years and then of course uh, at 285 pounds this one might be the one that spurs debate but you know what it doesn't really matter because uh, this is the uh, way that we went so at 285 pounds we actually went with Travis Chesla of Tawanda now Chesla was a two-time state medalist it was interesting because I believe and I'm I don't have the info in front of me right now but uh, Chesla was actually uh, I think a higher place finisher at 285 uh, you know, as a uh, as a junior and then as a senior, uh, he ended up dropping back down to like one. Uh, I think it was like 89 at that time and going on to uh, win another state medal as well. So Chesla, a two time state medalist, uh, he gets our nod uh, for wrestling heavyweight. So we put him in the 285 pound class. But right there, uh, you're all decade team uh, for Northern Tier League Wrestling. Now, do you agree? Do you disagree? Yeah. It is what it is. You know, I mean, feel free to disagree. Hey, send us a Facebook message. Let us know what you think. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, you know, maybe piece this thing together as the uh, season goes on. But uh, that was the best we came up with. If you've uh, maybe got an argument for some other guys, yeah, feel free to drop us a message uh, on the NTL Now podcast uh, Facebook page. And uh, we can gladly uh, debate. And uh, I'll go back through. And who knows? Maybe you'll change our mind and uh, we'll have to change some slots. But we'll definitely see how that is uh, coming up here in. In just a uh, few weeks so we'll see how that goes I guess I should say over the next coming weeks but uh, anyway you know what uh, speaking of Mitch Rupert uh, I've got a big interview with him coming up now as I said we've got a lot uh, that we dive into uh, through this interview with Mitch uh, I'm telling you we're going to talk uh, the Tawanda Black Knights and uh, the Flynn Propane duels we're going to talk the Canton Montoursville duel we're going to talk uh, Brian Courtney of Athens you know does uh, he belong in the upper echelon of the district Four all decade team and uh, where does Mitch see uh, Brian at? And of course, uh, you know, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, some of the uh, things going on in District 4 as well, uh, upcoming as far as, you know, Coach Sexton and uh, his place uh, now uh, on the top of the District 4 wins pool. So, yes, we got a lot to sit down and discuss with Mitch. So that's coming up here in a short. First, though, we're going to step aside for a quick moment here because we got to get in a great word uh, from our newest sponsor here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility. So uh, enjoy this quick word from them. And coming up, it's Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun Gazette right here on the NTL Now podcast. Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. 
Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. And again here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast, happy to be joined by a sports writer for the Williamsport Sun Gazette and, of course, a voice you've heard a few times now on the podcast, Mitch Rupert, back again. And, uh, Mitch, glad we could uh, catch up again uh, at the beginning of 2020. Oh, yeah, man. Shane, I appreciate you having me on. I always enjoy coming on here and, and spreading my voice and my wide knowledge to uh, the, the Northern Tier League folks. Hey, you know what? And we definitely appreciate uh, all of your wisdom and insights that you bring. But, uh, of course, the main focus uh, for you being on here this week is uh, I think this is a pretty pivotal week uh, when it comes to wrestling action, uh, not only in the Northern Tier League, but also for District 4. And, of course, uh, you know, you were up here over this past weekend. You were down in Tawanda at the uh, Flynn Propane Duels. Uh, just kind of curious, you know, give us a little recap of that. I mean, how did, uh, you know, the Black Knights look? And uh, did you get a chance? to get some reaction from Coach Sexton on the day. I, I didn't get to uh, to talk to Coach Sexton at all, except about baseball. Uh, you know, he's a big baseball fan. Obviously, used to be the baseball coach, and he likes to come down and watch the cross cutters here in Williamsport. So he was asking me about everything going on with that. So we talked about that, but we didn't really get to talk wrestling uh, a whole lot because uh, uh, even though Montoursville and Tawanda crossed paths, it was uh, in like a semifinal match. Um, but the one the one thing he and I did talk about is they're clearly a little shorthanded uh, this year. I mean, they got plenty of numbers. Uh, that's the one thing a Bill Sexton team will always have is numbers and and some ability to kind of juggle the lineup a, a little bit. But they they just don't have that that one standout guy um, that we've seen from them here in, in recent years. I mean, Clay Watkins I believe is their only state ranked uh, wrestler at 195 and. You know, Tyler Hawley's a nice wrestler, too. I like Joe Vanderpool. Uh, there, there's a couple guys in that lineup that I, that I think are pretty solid and will eventually find their way into the state rankings. But, uh, you know, Coach Sexton's done a whale of a job with that team. For them to be 10-4 and four, uh, at this point of the season, they've uh, secured their spot in the District 4 duels again, no matter what happens uh, the rest of the, the, the way here before the cutoff date. So, the, the job he's done and the job those kids have done has, has been pretty remarkable. I thought they wrestled pretty well against a tough schedule on Saturday. I mean, they faced the three best teams that were there. They faced Port Allegheny, Horseheads, New York, and Montoursville, and they took losses to all three of those teams. But, uh, Shane, you and I both know as, as well as anybody, you see that good competition, it's only going to help you down the road. That's definitely a true point. Of course, you know, this week, the Black Knights, they're going to have a big pivotal matchup uh, for the league. Uh, they've got uh, the Athens Wildcats coming up on Thursday night, which I think is going to be, you know, one of the best duels we'll probably see here in the Northern Tier League. And then, of course, on Friday, they're going to head over to Troy as well. So back-to-back big nights coming up here for the Tawanda Black Knights. Of course, uh, you know, Athens, a team I'm still trying to figure out. So, you know, I'm trying to piece this whole puzzle together for the Northern Tier League because, uh, you know, I have haven't seen Tawanda yet. Looking forward to seeing them Thursday. I've seen Athens once, but I mean they put that duel with Troy away so quickly. You don't really know which guys are going to go three periods, which guys you know are the ones that uh, you know Coach Bradley and Coach White can count on yet. So I'm interested to see their matchup with Tawanda coming up Thursday. But of course, uh, you know another big uh, matchup coming up later this week. Uh, it's going to be Saturday night uh, down in Montoursville. You've got the Montoursville Warriors hosting the Canton Warriors. This one's uh, you know got a little interesting juice here in the early part of January. Canton coming off a, a nice win this past Saturday over Wyalusing. They recorded seven falls in that victory. And of course, uh, Montoursville, you know, a team that just seems to find guys uh, at the right time. Yeah, this is uh, a really interesting duel. And I was, you know, talking to, to Montoursville coach Matt Yonkin about it um, on Saturday afternoon. And, and he said, you know, it might be the best thing that, that happened to us that it got postponed because I think on the day it was postponed Canton didn't have school but Montoursville did so they had to, to postpone the duel uh, earlier this month I think the first or second week of the season and in moving it back a month it allowed Montoursville to get Dylan Bennett the former state qualifier back into the lineup he made his debut on Saturday and Matt Yonkin said to me he goes you know if we had to wrestle that 
you know, when it was originally scheduled, he goes, I was really concerned about what we were going to do because Dylan Bennett's presence in this lineup is, is significant. You know, he's, he's probably one of the best pound for pound wrestlers in the top two or three in our area here in Williamsport. And, uh, um, it's a significant change and I'm really looking forward to this duel for the, the, the main reason that you're going to get good kid on good kid. I don't think coach Wisniewski, I don't think coach Yonkin wants to bump guys away. Um, I don't know how, I mean, a, a dual win is important, but I think both these guys value the, the potential matchups that you're going to get. So I think you're going to get Timmy Ward and Kale Krebs at 170 pounds. I think you're going to get Dylan Bennett and Garrett Storch at 182 pounds and, and potentially Cameron Wood and, uh, uh, the Williams kid at 220 pounds. Now, what their plan is probably all depends on the flip and, and how it's going to go. And, and I didn't even mention Brandon Wetzel and Isaac Landis at 106. I think that's another key matchup there. Um, that's what's going to make this dual meet fun. It's going to be full of a lot of matchups of really good wrestlers that are going to be not only in Hershey, but probably on the podium in Hershey in, in a couple months. So this is going to be a really nice preview for kind of the the caliber of matchups that you'll see at district duels this year now as far as district duels go i want to take southern columbia out of the equation i think you and i can both pretty much say with a good clean breath of air if southern's healthy they're going to be run away you know the uh, the favorites come district duels time but now let's uh you know put into perspective uh this saturday's duel with montoursville and canton is this duel you know kind of a, a measuring stick to see, uh, you know, where the uh, both Warrior teams are. And, uh, you know, do you feel like this year's dual tournament uh, after the top, I mean, basically could be a very wide-open battle for two and three uh, come duels time? So there are there are a lot of key points in this discussion here, Shane. Um, I, th- I think the, the, the match between Montoursville and Camp on Saturday is more important to see where Canton is at as opposed to Montoursville, I think we know Montoursville is really, really good. And this is as deep a team as they've had since those teams that went to state duels with the Hoffman brothers, Ben Cerny, Wyatt Lutz, guys like that. I want to see how Canton matches up and is able to wrestle. I don't even really care what the scores are. I want to see how they wrestle with Montoursville. That'll give me a better idea of what we can expect if they were to see a Muncie, if they were to see a Midwest, uh, a team like Mount Carmel, which I think is, is, is sneaky tough, and a team like Wine Mountain, which is in the state dual meet rankings as well, because I think I think there are three tiers in in the, the, the district dual rankings. I think you have Southern Columbia, where with the caveat of if they're healthy, they're the best team, and it does not matter where they got seated. So those two losses they took Saturday to Wyoming Seminary and Chambersburg aren't going to matter if they're healthy at district duels times, and they're the top team. I think Montoursville is clearly the second best team. And if Southern Columbia is not completely healthy, I think Montoursville can put a scare into Southern Columbia. And, and I think that that duel will be closer than, than a lot of people think. And then there's that third tier where I think there are close to half a dozen teams that could potentially be that third representative for the district. I can't wait to see this Canton team just to see how those kids match up with a really good team like Montoursville. And, and I think with a good performance on Saturday, Canton could very well be the favorite to win that third spot. And, of course, if Muncie has a good performance Tuesday night against Southern Columbia, they could become the favorite for that third spot. We just, there, there's so many things up in the air kind of right now that we kind of have to wait and see what's all going to happen because there's so many balls in the air right now, and we still got – so much time to figure out where it's all going to land. So, you know, you look at this uh, matchup, you know, pretty much overall, you know, and you're going to assume and you're going to want both teams uh, here healthy. Now, come on, Mitch, you can honestly be the fanboy that I know you are. You're going to have uh, a really nice buttery and salty bag of popcorn for Krebs and Ward at 170 if you get it, right? Well, the uh, I won't be able to eat the popcorn at the time because I'll have the video camera going because uh, I think people are going to want to see that match and, uh, uh, you know, and, th- and that's more important. Maybe I'll have some popcorn later after it. But that is that is probably the one I'm most interested in seeing because I see all this success that Timmy Ward is having. I want to see how he does against a kid who is a legitimate top five kid 
in the state right now. Um, Kale Krebs, his, maybe his record, his performance at the Power Eight is a little deceiving because he didn't place. But if you look at some of the kids he beat uh, in the consolation bracket on the first day, he beat a kid who was ranked number one in the state and the defending state runner-up, and he beat him up pretty bad. Um, you know, he had some really he beat a triple-A state place winner in McDelp. Um, his wins this year are really good. He had Tyler Stoltzfus, who is the number one kid in the state, down like seven to four or eight to four um, at the top hat tournament this year before Stoltzfus came back and was a hammer on top like he usually is and won the match. I think Hale Krebs has gone to another level. I want to see if Timmy Ward can kind of match that level. This is, I think, a very important test for both of these kids, but probably more so for Timmy to see where he's really at right now. Also, you know, and, you know, as we talk about, you know, some of the kids who I think have gone to another level, you know, I'm going to throw, you know, the kid the next weight up for Canton in there as well. I think Garrett Storch uh, has taken his wrestling game to a whole nother level this year at 182 as well. I mean, he's got a couple of tournament titles under his belt. Uh, you know, he had a good performance uh, out with the Penn Cambria tournament uh, over the, uh, you know, December month. And, uh, you know, I think he's just really kind of, worked his way into having a great senior season. And I think uh, this matchup with Dylan Bennett is really going to give us kind of a litmus test too as to uh, where not only Storch is, but, you know, where uh, Dylan Bennett is health-wise uh, coming back here early. I, I agree 100%. You know, like the biggest thing I want to see from Dylan Bennett uh, as he's coming back here is just where his wind is. You know, he got, he got a good hard three or four minutes on Saturday but didn't have to go a full six minutes. So I think Garrett Storch is the kind of kid that can make him have to go all six minutes. And and, and Garrett has done uh, – everything he's done here in the wrestling season has been a continuance of what he did in the football season. He had a tremendous football season. He was one of our better defensive players in our area. And Chris Massey and I talked about him all the time on our football podcast because uh, he, was, he was just so good defensively for that Canton team. And, and I think he's starting to get some notice on the state level now as a wrestler too, people are noticing what he's doing in, in some of these tournaments and, and how good uh, he is right now and how good potentially he can be. So again, like we've talked about with Timmy Ward and Kale Krebs, I think it's more of a litmus test for, for Garrett Storch than it is for Dylan Bennett. We know who Dylan Bennett is uh, by his track record. And I think Garrett Storch has kind of been building uh, towards this, the, the crescendo of this season for himself. And, and what he's done so far has been nothing short of fantastic. And uh, this, this is going to be a big one for him on Saturday night. Now, here's another good, uh, interesting topic, you know, that you and I kind of discussed as well a little bit uh, over the Christmas holiday because, well, you know, it's Christmas. Sometimes you get a little downtime, but we actually, uh, you know, put our heads together and we started talking about, you know, the uh, NDL's uh, all-decade team for wrestling. And, of course, you know, we pieced that whole thing together, you know, from top to bottom. You know, we had some discussions, but eventually, you know, I, I think we came out uh, with a pretty solid, uh, you know, core guys uh, there. But, you know, when I was looking at that team, Team, I got thinking, you know, Brian Courtney obviously was probably, you know, not only the wrestler of the decade as far as uh, the NTL goes, just with what he did. Uh, where would you rank him as far as District 4 guys go for the decade? I mean, Gavin Hoffman obviously, you know, was a kid who just had an amazing run. But, I mean, Brian Courtney's got to be right up there with him, correct? Man, you know, I always go back to that that state tournament run, I think it was his junior year where he knocked off three consecutive state champions to win his first state championship. And that is still um, outside of Austin DeSanto beating Spencer Lee in the state finals as seniors. That is, that is the most incredible thing I've ever seen at the state tournament was, is what Brian Courtney did um, over that, with that three day weekend. That's a really good question. Uh, he's as good as we've seen. He's a, as good a lightweight as we've seen uh, in District 4 over the last 10 years. Where he ranks among a Jarrett Lane, a Luke Fry, a Zane Rutherford, a Sheldon Seymour, uh, and David White, who is a state champion for Athens as well. That's a, that's a great question. I still think over the course of the last 10 years, Gavin Hoffman is the best wrestler to come out of District 4 um, no, let me let me change that. Zane Rutherford is the best wrestler to come out of District Four over the last ten years, and Gavin Hoffman's right there. Those two were just different. Um, Brian was different 
because of the style of wrestler he was. He was so funky and he had such good hips and he was sneaky strong. Um, he was so different, but he was so much fun to watch, especially in those good good matches. He He's right there among that group. You know, that's why I had him on my, my District 4 All-Decade team uh, when I released that. And, and, and there was... He was one of those guys where you could kind of fill in a couple weights wherever you needed him, but he was going to be on the team and one of the first guys you were picking for that team. Just an awesome thing, you know, and yeah, to go back and relive his junior season. I mean, there were, there were times when, when you and I would look at each other and we'd be like, wait, is this, is this really happening right now? And I mean, there was just nothing you could do to stop it. You talk about momentum. That kid definitely uh, took it through that state tournament run. Of course, then would end up uh, being back-to-back champions and he's, as he would win it at 32 the next year. But, you know, that's uh, another discussion for another time as well. But, Mitchell, before I get you, uh, you know, out of here tonight and uh, everything else, something else that uh, I do want to touch on because I know this is uh, something, you know, that uh, is very, I guess, uh, relatable with you. I know it's uh, something that, you know, you really take a lot of pride in as well. Uh, you've got a great friendship and a really good relationship uh, with Coach Bill Sexton of Tawanda. And uh, to bring things back full circle, uh, Coach Sexton this year, obviously uh, passing uh, Coach Kanaski from Danville. He's now the all-time wins leader uh, for District 4 uh, as a head wrestling coach. I mean, just kind of give your thoughts on uh, Coach Sexton and uh, this whole honor and everything that he's accomplished. You know, the... The basis of it, of who the Bill Sexton is that I know, and I think that that everybody else in, in the Northern Tier and District Four in Pennsylvania know as Bill Sexton is kind of encompassed in, in what he said to me. You know, he walked up to me Saturday before everything got going and, and said, "Are you good? Do you have everything you need?" I said, "Yeah, I'm great." And I shook his hand and said, "You know, congratulations. It's it's it's, it's really really impressive to see what you've done." up here and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and he goes, eh, when you're around as long as I've been, things like this just kind of happen. You know, he, it, it was an opportunity for him to say, you know, this really means something to me or how special it was and, and he was like, you know, uh, things like this just kind of happen. He's never going to pat himself on the back but the work he's done in Tawanda, I don't even care about the wrestling part of it. The, the builder of men and, and helping these boys mature uh, and become not just good wrestlers, but good human beings and, and, and uh, good citizens. You know, that's the part of what he's done that deserves to be commended so much. The, the wins are great. Uh, the state medals are great. The state fourth place finish in the, the state only tournament is, is a fantastic accomplishment. Those banners are going to hang in that school forever and they should be celebrated uh, whenever they can be. But what he's done for that program, for that school, and for that community for 40 years or, or whatever it's been is, is far more remarkable than 670 wins uh, in, in counting. And, and that's the Bill Sexton I know. I think that's what he strives for, and, and that's what he would want to be talked about you know, when, when his days as a coach are over. And, and he did it in multiple sports. Um, you, know, I'm a, you know me, I'm a big baseball nut as well and, and he and I always cross paths uh, during cross cutter season or high school baseball season in the past and um, you know he and I have always just connected and I think it's because I've always respected and appreciated what he's done as a coach and as a person and I think he always respects and appreciates what, what I've been able to do for the sport in, in terms of covering it and he's just a great person to be around and that's the, the greatest thing I can say about Coach Sexton is he is a wonderful man and a wonderful man to be around. I could not echo those sentiments any better than what you just laid out there for Coach Sexton. And I got to tell you, you know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions of him is, you know, everybody who's on the outside of the sports world can see, you know, like Coach Sexton being, you know, on the bench or, you know, standing out of his chair and he might, uh, you know, give that look and, and, you know, that famous, you know, kind of Sexton scowl or whatever. And everybody's like, man, he's got to be just like, you know, one of these angry coaches and whatnot. And I'm telling you, and for anybody out there who listens to this podcast, if you ever had the opportunity to sit down with Coach Sexton for five to 10 
10 minutes, your whole attitude uh, would change and you would appreciate just the great things uh, that you'd learn just from sitting down and talking with this guy. I mean, he is definitely uh, one of those uh, great aspects for the sport. And obviously, you know, what's interesting about this record now is I think in today's coaching climate, I mean, I think the Bill Sextons uh, of the coaching world are, uh, you know, fading out. There's not a lot of patience anymore. So this is something that really needs to be appreciated and treasured if you if you uh, agree with that opinion. I, I 100% agree with that opinion. And you think about, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be covering wrestling in District 4 um, in a time when, when Ron Kanaski was coaching uh, down at Danville, whose record bill just broke, when Wayne Smythe was coaching at Warrior Run, who won over 500 career matches, and, and uh, to, to interact with, with Coach Sexton, too, who's going to eventually, you know, if he wants to hang around, he's going to win 700 matches or more. If, if he wants to stay around that long. And I consider myself fortunate to be around those people and learn about wrestling from those people because before I covered my first match in 2001 or two, whatever it was, I had never seen a high school wrestling match before. So I'm, I'm, you know, 17, 18, 19 years into this, I'm still learning so much. And it's because of guys like them who have taken the time to help educate me whenever I had questions and help explain things to me. And, you know, they're like, you know, I'm like them now. I just want people to love the sport because I think it's so much fun and I think it's so great. And I think it builds a tremendous character in people. And and that's what those three men have always kind of epitomized in, in the way they've done things. And, and, and I'll, I'll be forever grateful to be around those guys. Now, when you talk about that icy glare from Bill Sexton, when he kind of looks out the side of his eye, and that goatee's going, and he's got the scowl. Man, that's a scary thing. And then you realize the guy's just a big old teddy bear. And, uh, you know, that it, it, it's such a juxtaposition, uh, the way he looks versus the way he actually is. And, and he's so soft-spoken when the wrestling isn't going on. And, uh, you know, he's so approachable, and he's such a great guy to talk to. And, and I'm really fortunate that at this point in my life and as a younger uh, young adult, that I had people like him and Coach Smythe and Coach Kanaski to help kind of, uh, you know, show me the, the way of the sport. Well, Mitch, I got to tell you, thanks so much for uh, taking some time here on the podcast again this week to uh, share your thoughts on a wide variety of wrestling topics. And uh, before I let you go, all I got to say is, uh, you know, I hope you've got a really comfy seat uh, in line for Saturday night because uh, I know you're looking forward to that Canton-Montoursville match. And uh, I hope you get another comfy one uh, earlier this week uh, when you get uh, some Muncie Southern action, too. You know, I, I love these matches where I got to email the ADs ahead of time and be like, hey, can you save me a seat so I'm somewhere near the scores table? Because that, that means it's a big-time match. So they're my, my, my favorite ones of the year. <laughs> Always a good time. But, Mitch, again, thanks so much for taking some time. And uh, I shall now allow you to go back and do whatever other work uh, that needs to be done. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up again because, uh, you know, hey, postseason's right around the corner. I can't believe we're saying that already. It's nuts, man. Shane, thanks for having me, man. Anytime you need me, just give me a buzz. Always enjoy sitting down with Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette, uh, not only because of his uh, wonderful personality, but uh, he always brings a lot of great insight in, and uh, I'm sure I'll be catching up with Mitch coming up uh, down the road uh, here in the uh, wrestling season. Also, I want to thank head coach Paul Burgert from Northeast Bradford uh, Boys Basketball for stopping in here, talking some boys hoops here on the podcast this week as well. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I uh, want to congratulate uh, four of our area football players uh, Nick May, Uriah Bailey, and Ben Knapp from Canton, and Damian Landon from Troy, all earning uh, state honors this year in both Class A and Class AA. So big congratulations going out to those guys uh, for uh, earning their state honors uh, for high school football. Again, uh, you know, want to uh, thank all the listeners out there for a uh, another great week, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed another great listen here on the podcast, and uh, we'll continue to keep uh, bringing you all great insights and information. Uh, regarding the Northern Tier League. But I guess that is going to wrap up the first edition of the Northern Tier League Now podcast here for the first episode of 2020. And uh, as we continue on, we'll have more basketball, wrestling, and uh, yes, even swimming discussions uh, coming up here as the winter sports season continues. So don't fret, more to come here in 2020. But again, uh, I want to thank Mitch Rupert and of course uh, Paul Berger for uh, being a part of this week's podcast 
podcast. And, of course, uh, you've got more to go here in the coming weeks. And, of course, next week, I have been told he is clearing his schedule, so we should have the return of Joe Carrion. So looking forward to that as well. I'm Shane Wilbur. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in this week. This is the Northern Tier League Now podcast, another exclusive production of Circle W Sports and Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.